Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hurts drops back, has time, loads up, throws. A.J. Brown, the defense, it's intercepted! Does he keep his feet in? He does! Seahawks ball! The interception made by Love! This guy's going nuts for the Seahawks defense, making big plays. And the Metroplex gets to go to bed happy. Good morning, DFW, Sean and Bobby on the home of America's team as the Seahawks do us a favor last night, give the Eagles their third loss in a row, 2017 Seattle. And let's talk about it with one of my favorites. He's got the GM Shuffle podcast that I listen to every Tuesday and Thursday. He's got all the books out, football done right, host of the Lombardi line on VSIN. He is the three-time Super Bowl winner, Michael Lombardi on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. What is wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, look, the Eagles have have been uh, have been flirting with this dangerous time. I think every game that you watch, when you win a game, you have to break the game down into three categories. You, you win the game because you dominated your opponent. Now, the scoreboard doesn't is is insignificant here. But dominating wins means you were always in control of the game and the other team was never going to win. And then there's the second way of a game to evaluate a game. That's called a dictating win. That's when you're in control of the game. You've made some mistakes, but the other team really can't make plays when they need to make plays. And then the third kind of win is the dangerous win, where you have played poorly for most of the game and have been able to find a way to win in the last five or seven minutes or the other team has just lost it. And the Eagles have been living on this on this dangerous win track. They have not had a dominating win since week three of the season when they played Tampa and Tampa. They've had a lot of these games have been right in between that dictating and dangerous level. Yeah. And eventually it catches up to you. They've scored 49 points in the last three weeks. Their offense isn't the same. They can't make explosive plays in their passing game. And I think oh, there's a combination of that. And then they don't play from in front any longer. Look, last year they scored 206 points in the second quarter alone. They got the lead. They had an average of a 10-point lead at halftime in every single game. Mm. This year they're playing from behind. So when you look at their team, there's been holes in their team since week four, really since the New England game. They just haven't been able to get it together. Now they win, and people say, well, they'll win the win. Well, if you really understand football, not all wins look the same. Is Jalen Hurts hurt, regressing, what are you seeing in his play as of late? He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in three weeks. Well, here's the reality, okay? I think Jalen Hurts is a great player. And what I think Philadelphia did is they took a kid in the second round who got benched because he didn't throw the ball effectively in Alabama. And what the Eagles have done with this kid who's got incredible character, he's got incredible work habits, is they decided to build an offense around him that suits his skill set, which is a play-action pass offense. And it's allowed him to cut the defense in half throw the ball down the field, and use his legs. I call it the six-back offense. And that had proven to be effective. Now, what's happened is they don't play from in front. 
And so you can't really use play action to really cause problems for people. And now you've got to be in a drop back pass game, which is something that they're not very good at doing. And I don't say this in knocking hurts. This is just so many teams in the league, San Francisco, for example, Kyle Shanahan, as good as a coach as he is, if he's trailing by seven points going into the fourth quarter, he's 0-38 in that game. He's not won one of those games because his offense is all predicated on play-action pass, and he plays from in front. And so when it becomes a drop-back pass game for Kyle, that's not where he wants to live. That's not where his offense is most successful. But when he can dictate, when he can then dominate the game, with his one game and play action pass and gets the lead early, they're good. And I think that's where we're seeing Hertz have a problem because a, their line isn't playing as well as it did last year. They're not as good running the football as they did last year. They don't play from in front and now they have to use more drop back passes. Look, they scored with four minutes to go in the third quarter to go up 17 to 10. They didn't score another point. They did the same thing against Dallas. Only Dallas stubbed their toe in the red zone. They had a first and first and five at the six and couldn't get it in the end zone. I mean, that was a dangerous win for Philly, but it was a win, and I think you can't overlook those things. We're talking with Michael Lombardi, host of the GM Shuffle podcast. Michael, the, one of the big talking points here in Dallas this week is about this just puzzling disparity in terms of the way Dallas is playing at home versus on the road. Their point differential at home is plus 171. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. They're minus four on the road, and nobody on the team really seems to have any answers about it when when they ask. Have you ever seen a team that had this much trouble being as consistent as home as they are on the road? I think a lot of their problems is, you know, and I think this is why McCarthy was so upset with John Fossil. I mean, this whole team is very similar to what the Eagles did last year. They have to play from in front. And when they go on the road and they don't play from in front on the road, they don't win. I mean, they, you know, that's the key. They want to play from in front because as for all the conversation about their defense, right, their defense is helped by the fact that their defense, if you just break their team down in terms of how many plays they've played, right, how many plays do you play? Their defense has played 834 plays this year. Their offense has played 930. That's, that's 96 more plays their offenses play. That's uh, an entire – that's almost two games, okay? What time of possession teaches us is one simple fact. The less defense you play, the better defense you play. Mm. That's really what it means. If you can get off the field and you only play 28 minutes of defense, you've got a really good chance. If you play 35 like they did the other night, they're not going to be as effective. So what happens is when you get behind in a game and you can't control the game because you can't stop the run game, now all of a sudden you look like you can't win on the road. I I think it's a little bit overblown. They could have easily won the Eagle game. They just don't, you know, Steele doesn't block Hassan Reddick over there on the right side. They give up that sack. It's brutal, right? So there's a lot of – it's just not – we can't play good on the road. Analyze why you lose. And I think ultimately when they don't play from in front, on the road particularly, it becomes a real issue for them. And it exposes their defense, and it makes their defense have to play more plays. And that's not what they want to do. You were uh, basically the only one uh, I played it here on the show because I was 
I was questioning them as well. But you were pointing out some of the cracks defensively a few weeks ago. What what did you see, and what can they possibly fix? Well, they're built, you know, look, everybody thinks the West Coast offense is about smash seven curl, 20 bingo cross. The West Coast offense is a principle of we are going to throw the ball to get the lead and we're going to rush the passer in the second half to extend the lead. And so we don't want to really play toe-to-toe with you in the middle of the field. We've got to score and we've got to, our offense has got to carry us. And there's all sorts of problems within the Dallas defense when you look at it in terms of can they stack up, can they play with physicality. If they're rushing the passer, great, that they're good. Right. If they're going to drop that, you know, they're going to take chances. They're going to have a lot of blitz calls. They're going to be able to. But if they got to play it straight and Dan Quinn's play sheet is reduced, all of a sudden his inability to play against the run shows up. His inability to really get control of the game shows up. And so there lies the problem when they play against a really good offensive line that can block them. You know, they're able, they're not as dominant. Now, I thought they would play Buffalo a lot better. Now, I, I understand they had a bunch of guys that had the flu, and I get that, and that happens. You throw that game out the window because, you know, may, they did not play to the level that I've seen them play before. But they are a team that takes – whether they play battleship football on defense, which means they take chances, which means they go after it. And when you're playing from in front, that's great. When you're not, you, you fall short. Kansas City has been like this for a long time. This is the Steve Spagnola principle of defense. You know, we're going to take chances. We're going to make plays. We're going to create negative plays. But when they, when their offense doesn't get the lead, all of a sudden their defense gets exposed. And I think that's what's been happening. Michael Lombardi, Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill, a hotline former NFL GM here on Sean and Bobby. So we have Jerry coming up in exactly an hour. And we're trying to figure out how to ask him whether it's fair to label this team as soft or not tough enough or not physical enough because it, it appears, Michael, like this this run defense is their ultimate kryptonite and it's not going to get fixed when you face San Francisco and now you got Miami and Detroit around the corner. Yeah, I, I don't think they're a soft team at all. I think Jacksonville's a soft team. I don't think this is a soft team at all. I think they have toughness. I think they have mental and physical toughness, Dallas. I just think, to me, they're a situational team. Mm. They need to play from in front. They need to play with the lead. They need to be able to extend the lead. They need to have those third-down conversions. They can't, they can't block, try to block the punt and give Buffalo the ball back. You know, everything's about that first quarter. Look, you know, great teams are always in a mad dash in the first quarter to get the lead. That's what great teams do, and that's why the Cowboys have been so fortunate this year. They've scored, you know, they've scored over 100 points in the first quarter. You know, they scored 153 in the second quarter. So they're able to get the lead. That, to me, is not soft. That's situational. And I think that's the answer. Now, look, they got to get better in the run game. I think they do miss the power back, right? We know that Pollard's not the same player he once was last year, whether it's the injury, whether it's being the lead bell cow. You know, what, what everybody misses on Pollard is they're talking about the run, where Pollard really has been disappointing this year in terms of his production has been in the passing game. I mean, last year he averaged 9.5 yards a catch. This year he's down to 5.3. That, that's, a, that's a killer. When you have a back that averages over nine yards a catch, that's like utopia. But at 5.3, why are we throwing him the ball 51 times? I mean, what are we getting out of that? Or five, you know, we're not getting enough big plays. So that's really been the biggest concern. And I think that, that lends itself to not having that other guy to free Pollard up. How did you just send out three tweets in the last minute while speaking with us? 
I think I have that thing called hyperferry or whatever it is. <laughs> Put it in there. I, like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how to work social media. I, I swear to God, I have no idea. I, I just have, you know, like I know that if I, like my daily coach stuff, I put that in there and it goes out and I don't have to think about it. It's basically my whole life is trying to not think, you know, that's what I try to do the whole time. Michael, I, you know, when you're talking here about it's so important for Dallas to get ahead, be out in front, play from in front. I, somebody was just asking us on our, our listener text line here. It, should it be a, a standard practice for the Cowboys then when they win the toss, especially on the road, they need to take the ball because McCarthy generally defers. Well, I think you have to defer because you want to win the middle eight, right? And, and I think if you can win the middle eight, you can get control. I mean, they could have got back in that game because they had the ball to start the third quarter and they could have made that 21 to 10 game. And, and they didn't. They, they, they just couldn't get their offense on track. And I've got to watch the tape today. I haven't seen study the tape to see really what McDermott was doing. I thought for sure that they would move the ball more effectively against them. I actually thought that they would block better. I think one of the other things that we haven't really hit on, it, it's a concern, is Dallas's offensive line on the road. I think, look, here's a theory that I've always had in league. Bad lines don't travel. Okay, and why is that? Well, the number one thing the offense has in their favor is the snap count. So if we all know it's on one and everybody and the defense doesn't know that, we get an advantage. But on the road, that advantage is gone because of the crowd noise, especially at a place like Buffalo. So their offensive line, I thought they played really good at home against Philly, but they didn't play very good against Philly in Philly. And they didn't play very good against the Buffalo team, which really is no excuse. So to me, if you're McCarthy, you know, that's got to be the mandate. We've got to get this line to play better on the road. You know, the offensive line's got to play at a higher level on the road, and we've got to figure out how we can make that happen. To me, Michael, this is just Godfather Part 2, where you're going to go to Tampa, you'll win first round, and then you'll get waxed by San Francisco again. Ruin, Ruin the ending of that for me. Tell me why, if there's a San Fran rematch, we know they match up well and play play Philly well. Uh, Why why should we have any type of hope that that wouldn't be – a, a, a similar outcome this year? Well, I think you played them once, so you know the speed of their offense. One of the things I think that Philly had an advantage last year was you play Philly and you didn't realize how fast they were or how to handle their packages. And once you played them the second time, you got a better handle on it. You know, I think I, I've, lost, uh, I've lost two, really, I've lost two critical games in my life. We lost to Baltimore in a conference championship game and we couldn't, couldn't really recognize how fast Baltimore's defense was just on the tape. We knew they were fast, right? But you don't really feel it until you play them. And then we played Tampa in a playoff in the Super Bowl, and we really didn't feel the speed on the tape. There's throws we thought we could make, but the speed was better than we think. I think that goes to San Francisco. When you play them at least once, you get a better sense of it. So you're going to have to play a perfect game to beat them. You're going to have to control the ball for 35 minutes. You're going to have to make them play from behind. You're going to have to have the lead going in the fourth quarter. But look, one thing about the NFL, it's a single elimination tournament. It's not the NBA where you got to win four games. So a bad team, a team not as good can beat a team that's, that, that's better. Because just on that, on that one given day, if you happen to control the game and play it the right way, you have a chance to win. Look, you're already giving them the fifth seed. I don't know if they'll be the fifth seed. I mean, look, they can beat Miami. They can beat Miami. I mean, I know Tyreek Hill comes back, but if they can pressure Tua and force it, the, the challenge is going to be can they, can they function well against Vic Fangio's defense? They're going to have to block the front. Chubb's playing much better for them. Van Ginkle's a good player. Their two tackles 
are really good in Miami. They can put pressure on you. So this is going to be a challenge for them to play well on the road. But they can beat Miami. If they beat Miami, you know, then they've got Detroit. I mean, it's going to be hard. But, look, there's nothing says it's easy in life. I, I, I don't think being the fourth, fifth seed is the worst thing either. You get to play Tampa, and then life goes on from there. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM here on the Home of the Cowboys. I'm going to lob up this softball to you now and ask how you think the Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy play caller transition has gone and turned out. Well, I mean, I predicted it, so I don't really, I don't want to pat myself on the back. I got short arms. I mean, you know, like I, I said to you, this I, I tried to calm you guys down when you called me up when it happened. You guys were hysterical. I, I thought I was going to have to call Dr. Melfi from Sopranos to comfort you guys. I mean, geez, everybody was in a panic. You know, oh, my God, we lost Kellen Moore. Oh, my God. Look, Kellen Moore, and I don't mean to pick on Kellen Moore, but there's a difference between a game call, a, a, a game somebody who understands how to win the game and somebody who just calls plays. There's a complete difference. See, here's the reality of the National Football League, and I don't think people truly understand this, and we're getting into this season. There, there are people that are paid. There's only one person on the entire staff that's paid to win. That's the head coach. You can be Kellen Moore and gain all the yards. You can be Kellen Moore and get, and get first downs. You can be Kellen Moore and become a darling of the media because you gain yards and you score points. But if you don't win games, it doesn't bother you. You'll still get a head coaching interview. So it doesn't matter. You can be, it doesn't matter. Those jobs are predicated on performance, not on wins. And so when you have that situation, all of a sudden it translates into affecting the team's outcome. And I think that becomes very dangerous. I think when, when people act as independent contractors within the staff, it becomes very dangerous. John Fossil blitzing, you know, rushing the quarterback on the punt without having permission from McCarthy to do that. That's a dangerous thing. Mm. That's a dangerous thing because what you're not playing compliment. What it does is, I don't, and I don't think John Fossil meant it to be dangerous. It means you're just not playing complimentary football. And one of my criticisms of Kellen Moore has always been, he knows nothing about how to play complimentary football. He just calls plays. That's why I nicknamed him joystick because he's in his basement in Des Moines calling plays. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out, uh, this may be more dangerous than asking Jerry if they're soft. I'm going to throw out a theory that the Kellen Moore defenders and the Mike McCarthy haters have have put out there, and don't curse, please. The theory is McCarthy tried to go strictly West Coast early on, nothing downfield. The Cowboys, you know, the intended air yards and everything were short and not explosive. After they got their ass kicked by San Fran, McCarthy decided to go back to some of what they were doing. What do you say to that theory that Mike's initial changes early on weren't working, so he scrapped his new plan? I think it's very similar. That theory is similar to the Warren Commission. I think that, that kind of uh, is pretty much similar. You can manufacture any story you want, like that bullet that went right, went left, went this way, went that way, turned around, you know, ended up on a stretcher. Oh, no, it didn't. I mean, you can do anything you want with it. I mean, seriously, you can manufacture any story. The United States government taught us that on November 22nd, 1963. They can do anything they want. They can make it happen, right? So why not? Why not make that story up? It's perfectly logical. I love I love listening to the analytical community break down schemes. I love that when they start talking about what an idiot coach Belichick is for what he's doing in a game. And they have no idea. They have no idea about coverages. Just let me be very clear of that. Everything's man or zone. Like they have no idea. So like, let them, let them have their moment and they want to justify Kellen Moore. That's fine. That's good. But that's, you know, that, that basically is volume nine of the commission. <laughs> Last one is 
Bill Belichick coaching another team next year? I think that's all up to Bob Robert Kraft. I mean, is there a better coach in the league than him? I mean, he's having a bad year. Uh, but if you watch their games, I mean, they're in games. Uh, you know, the Dallas game they weren't in. But, you know, last week against Kansas City, it's a 2017, 27-17 game. Actually, it's a 17 Ten, it's a it's a it's a 14-10 game, and Zappy throws one of the worst interceptions you're going to see, which is along the lines. They don't have a quarterback. The quarterback is a deodorant for everything that's wrong with your team. Like if you took Josh Allen off of Buffalo, right? You took him off and you put him on New England. What do you think that what would that look like? Yeah. Josh Allen makes everything go in Buffalo. Now he only threw for 90 yards last week, but Dan Quinn was sitting there worried about him in the run game. He was worried about him in the passing game. So this is a quarterback league. When you don't have them, it's hard to overcome. It's the same thing with Tomlin. People giving Tomlin crap yeah. about he's not a good like, – he don't have a quarterback. He's doing the best he can without it. It's a hard league. It's a hard league to win games. People think in the National Football League it's easy to win. I hear these people talk all the time, oh, it's easy to win. That's why Marty Schottenheimer's not in the Hall of Fame. He's got 200 wins and everybody dismisses it as, oh, shit. Marty couldn't win a big game. Wait a minute, hold on. Marty's one of eight human beings that have 200 wins in the regular season. One of eight human beings out of 530. Okay? And yet he's not able to get in the Hall of Fame? Come on. But as a GM, that was that was that was your specialty area. Is it fair to say that would you tell Bill maybe you shouldn't have the GM or personnel control? That was the biggest problem with the way this ended. In the next stop. Well, I, I I think to me, look, tell me what you, what personnel guy you think's got enough guts to walk in the room and tell Bill what to do, <laughs> Jerry. Like, let me ask you that, okay? <laughs> let me ask you that. Like, you better know the game. You better understand players. You better understand plays. You better understand schemes. You better understand every aspect of the game. Now he'll listen if you know that. If you understand that and you can have that conversation with him, you can. But most personnel guys I know, it's always well the coach, the player needs more development. He just needs more development. That's all he needs. You know that's just always the case. When in reality, it's way more than that. So yeah, look, I think if you're good at your job and Bill will Bill will listen to you. Bill's one of the best listeners of all time. It's never about control for Bill. It's about the culture for Bill. And that's what it's really about. And he'll admit the mistakes he makes all the time. So, you know, whatever it is. But I think to me, if you're going to run the organization the right way, you're going to have to let him have the control over how the team is built. And team building is an art. We see that all over the league. The Atlanta Falcons keep getting A's in drafts because they keep drafting skill players. They can't win a game. Would Bill ever work with or for Jerry? I, I couldn't answer that. I'm sure they would get along. You know, I think one thing Bill knows is, is you know, like the rules of engagement. Once you know what the rules of engagement are in any organization, it's your job to figure out how to win. You know, it's like there's no utopia in the National Football League. That's long gone. The days of the owners buying the teams and then just not caring for five years is gone. You know, so every situation is unique. Every situation has its ups. Every situation has its downs. You just have to figure out what's the best one. I mean, look, when Andy Reid had the bad season in Philly, he won four games, he got fired, right? You know, he basically just said to anybody who wants to talk to me, I want complete control of the team. I'm going to hire a general manager, going to let him run the personnel department, do all that. But I'm going to run the team, and I'm going to have the team work through me. And Clark Hunt was smart enough to do that and allow him to do it. I think there'll be another team that does the same thing for Belichick if Robert Kraft decides that's not the way to go. I love listening to you so much, man. Thank you for the time. We hope to do it again. Appreciate it, Mike. Anytime, guys. Anytime.
Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, VEASAN, uh, three Super Bowl rings, of course, the Raiders, the Niners, and the Patriots, and he's got the book, Football Done Right Here. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 